Security guards on strike across London and police having to step in. His duty sergeant had assigned him the task of watching the diamond until dawn. Lethbridge lumbered across to a large white sculpture of an elephant in the shadows at the edge of the room. The elephant was taller than a good-sized man, and it sat plump-bellied and cross-legged on a cushion of pink rose petals. Garlands of blossoms were draped around its neck. Four arms poked out from its rounded sides. One hand held a coil of rope, another a bamboo flute, while a third clutched a bunch of roses. The fourth arm stretched out, like a cop stopping traffic. Lethbridge peered into the statue's face. The statue stared back. Their gazes locked. Lethbridge went cross-eyed. He lost focus and half stumbled forward. He shuddered. Being locked in a huge circular room where the slightest noise seemed to come from every direction at once was giving him the creeps. He turned and trudged back, his greying underpants peeking out above a drooping trouser line. At that moment, the elephant statue blinked. A crusty white eyelid flickered. Hairline cracks spread across the statue's surface, like a giant boiled egg being cracked with a teaspoon. Flakes of white plaster sprinkled onto the bed of rose petals as the elephant slowly began to move. It plucked a flower from one hand and guided it bud first into the bamboo flute it held in another. Then it waited. In the center of the room, Lethbridge passed between two of the stone arches and stopped in front of the glass case. He unhitched his belt again and bent over to take another look at the diamond. The back of his trousers sagged low. A sharp burst of air splintered the silence. Lethbridge lifted his head, but before he could turn, something sharp buried itself deep in his left buttock. He yelped, his eyes popping in their sockets in a rush of pain and surprise. He clamped his hands behind him to clutch at his underpants, out of which now sprouted a six-inch-long dart with a rosebud fixed to its end. Lethbridge reeled. Grasping for support, he lunged at the glass case. His knees buckled, numbness drained into his legs. His face flushed from red to purple. His jaw clamped shut, and white froth spurted from his lips. His belt fell undone, and his trousers collapsed around his ankles. Lethbridge lurched to the floor, crashing onto his elbows and knees, still hugging the glass case in his arms. Across the room in the shadows, the elephant statue slid another flower into its flute. Raising the instrument to its mouth like a blowgun, it let loose another bolt that shot across the room, this time skewering Lethbridge's right buttock. Bleeding egg! Lethbridge whimpered through clenched teeth. He laid the side of his stunned face on the cold marble floor. That really hurts! His vision blurred. The world tipped on its edge and spun crazily inside his eyeballs. The numbness in his legs washed through him. The stone archers swam in and out of focus, almost laughing at him. Lethbridge could have sworn the elephant statue stood up from its nest of rose petals and took a step toward him. Then he blacked out. And that is how Constable Lethbridge of the London Metropolitan Police was found by his colleagues the next morning, slumped face down on the marble floor, asleep on his elbows and knees his trousers around his ankles, his underpants exposed to the dome high above, and what appeared to be two red roses growing out of his backside. Of the world's most valuable diamond, however, there was no sign at all.
Chapter 1 Nothing is certain. Gerald raised his head at the blood-freezing roar that boomed through the dank dungeon tunnels. Even under his heavy fur cape, he shivered. The beast was close. He cradled the unconscious Madeline in the crook of his right arm, her auburn hair cascading over alabaster shoulders, her bottle-green robes spilling across the stone floor like a lily pad on a pond. Gerald muttered an oath. He cursed the foul fortune that had landed him in this benighted place. He cursed the cold and the stench. But most of all, he cursed the realization that he would have to fight this beast with his left hand. He slid his long blade one more time from the worn leather sheath on his belt and waited. And what a beast it was, barely recognizable as human, the creature stood